Hi, Explorers. Thanks for listening to Kids Who Explore Parent Edition. Come along with us as we cover all corners of raising kids in the outdoors. Hi, I'm Adriana Scori. I'm a hiking mom in the Canadian Rockies, Mama to Turner, and CEO of Kids Who Explore. I'm Lauren Rodick Eberly. I'm mom to Collins. We love being outside and exploring between our two homes in Seattle, Washington, and Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Today's podcast is sponsored by Kids Who Explore's Patch for a Purpose. Every time we see our patch out in the world, we feel the love and support behind it. Our patches can be sewn onto backpacks, jackets, bags, or even baby carriers, to name a few. Or they can be carried in your packs as special adventure items for all your little explorers. Our patch comes in eight different colors, and a dollar from each patch goes to a, you guessed it, purpose. Your support can make a difference for all of the following charity groups, depending on which color patch you want to represent. Alberta Parks, Children's Disability, BIPOC and Anti-Racism, Sick Children, The Earth, Children's Wellbeing, Anti-Bullying, and Children's Mental Health. Check out the hashtag Patch for a Purpose to see our patch and the community behind it. That's hashtag Patch, the number four, a purpose. To get your patch today, visit www.kidswhoexplore.ca. We thank you in advance for the difference you are making. We had the pleasure of meeting Lon Cola back on episode 64, when we talked all things birding and bird watching. Not only is Lon a wildlife biologist for EDI Environmental Dynamics, where she gets to love up on wildlife, she's also on a mission to take care of the earth and teach others how to do the same with her account, Do More Good. Raising two daughters in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada, she is also teaching them to love, respect, and nurture the earth. Welcome back, Lon. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. What started your interest with low waste living and eco-friendly lifestyle? You know, to be honest, I think I was kind of captivated the same as everyone with the turtles and the straws. And that just really got me thinking, you know, I think everyone's seen that picture of the sea turtle with the straw up its nose and it, it just got me so mad and so like, why? Why are we wasting all this stuff? Why is there so much plastic waste? And that's kind of what what really got me going. And then when I really got into it, I realized, wow, there's a lot, a lot more issues and a lot more to this than just the plastic straw problem. Yes, so many issues. There's now a, a straw ban in Canada too, isn't there? It just got announced this last week. Yes, yes. Super exciting. It's gonna be it's starting in at the end of 2022, where they're going to ban the export, then they're going to ban the sales. And then, yeah, it'll be completely done by 2025, I believe. So it's pretty exciting. It's a, There's always more to do, but it's a very, very good step in the right direction. Wow, that's huge. Mm-hmm. I appreciate yes. like you're always saying to you, like, you're not perfect and you don't expect others to be perfect because we're all just trying to do the best we can with the information we have. And information is always changing too, right? But where do you think people can make the biggest difference? Is it less garbage? Is it more composting? Or what do you think? Yeah, I think it's less garbage. Composting and recycling is great. But I think the number one thing is just to use what you have. You don't, if you have something at home that will do the trick, why go out and buy something else or to try buy something with less packaging? I think just the overconsumption in general, that is what we're used to just really brings on more garbage. And then you buy something and you don't know how it was made. And it was actually like super bad for the earth. And then you just throw it out very 
very quickly. So I think consuming less, using what you have, and then just just actually, they say like voting with your dollars. So actually thinking about what you're purchasing before you buy it. So thinking, you know, where was it made? Who made it? What is it made from? You know, what will I do? How long will I use this for kind of thing? Not just going and buying the cheapest thing you can off Amazon, like actually searching and finding something. Yeah, we actually did an episode with a family that lives on Solomon Islands and they said quality is so important there as it should be everywhere because they physically see if there's any waste, they need to figure out how to dispose of it. And I think for us, depending where we're living, you're not seeing where your waste is going. So it's so quote unquote easy to just toss it in the trash and pretend like it literally disappears, but it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. And I think, I think that's something everyone can do if you're wondering, you know, how can I, where can I really begin to reduce my waste? You can do your own garbage audit, say, say for a week, you kind of save, like, look at your trash bag and see what did I actually throw out? You know, it sounds kind of stinky. Like maybe if you have a couple diapers in there, you can actually throw them out, but to see, you know, could I buy this without packaging or, do I buy a lot of this or could I make my own, you know, salad dressing at home or something if you wanted, if you go through lots of plastic that way, that sort of thing. I find the packaging such an issue. Like there's just so much packaging for every single item that you go and purchase. It's wild. Would you say that's one of your top takeaways then with garbage for a household to minimize their garbage then is to just really be mindful of what you're purchasing or is there like another kind of top tip you'd have for that? Yeah, I think I think that's probably my best one just to be mindful of what you're buying, like using what you can. There's a lot we can't do like it's up to the corporations. And that's kind of where we got to put our foot to the gas pedal and say, you know, this, this isn't right. You know, why, why is this bag of why are bananas in a bag? You know, we don't need we don't need bananas in a bag. Lots of fruit doesn't need to be in a bag. So that sort of thing. And you can, you can shop in bulk, which is super awesome if you have that ability. But yeah, I think just being mindful of what you're purchasing is, it goes a long way for sure. Yeah. Even that example, I know I bring either my own produce bags, which are reusable or I don't use them at all. Like if I'm just grabbing two peppers, I just grab the two peppers. And I've had so many people say, I can't believe you're just grabbing two peppers and not putting them in a bag. Ew, kind of thing. Well, I'm going home and I'm washing it well anyways. So it doesn't really make the difference. And then I'm saving the bag. So just little things that make a huge difference. Yeah, Yeah. that pepper's been on quite the journey already, right? So it's always important to wash. Exactly. (laughs) I do this all the time too with the fruit, like anything in the store, like apples and that kind of thing. I don't put it in the bags anymore. And yeah, you get a lot of weird looks as they're rolling around the uh, the little (laughs) checkout. Yeah. (laughs) but But Lon this is where I really appreciate what you share because for so many people it's hard to do all the research to figure out even the voting with our dollar where should we be voting with our dollar so thank you for all you share so that it's a quick easy choice for people you've already done a little hard work (laughs) what would be a top recycling tip so I think I think with recycling, probably the most important thing to note is that 91% of things you throw in your recycling bin don't actually get recycled. So it kind of circles back to watch what you're bringing in. Because I know even myself, 
like, you know, five years ago when I, I was super into the earth, but I'd look at something and, and be like, okay, great. I can recycle it. Let's just, you know, rinse it and throw it in the recycling, but there just isn't the market for the plastics anymore. So a lot of what we do throw just gets put into cubes and sent to other countries where it's just sitting as, as waste in lots of third world countries, or it's getting incinerated or just getting thrown into landfills. So I think recycling is still a good thing, but the most important thing is to just be recycling right. And there's lots of whichever city you live in or where you live, there's tons of resources and databases. Like usually each city will have, this is exactly what can go in the recycling bin. And this is how you should do it because many people wish cycle is what they call it, where you just are like, oh, I hope this can be recycled and you throw it in your bin. But then lots of times it can contaminate the whole bin and that can make the whole bin be sent to the landfill or it can be dangerous to workers or it can be hard to sort. Guilty um, over here. <laughs> yeah, I've done that before where you're just throwing things in the bin without thinking about it for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone has, like I walked past my neighbor's bin the other day and it had like a Swiffer mop in it. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> so what did you do? Did you take it out? Yeah, I did. We actually had an episode probably a year ago. So it might even have changed since then. Cause it was a Calgary based episode about our garbage recycling and compost system. And something that's interesting in Calgary, I don't know if it's the same in Saskatoon, is any like crunchy plastic can't be recycled. So even if the back of, I know my oats come in a kind of a harder plastic shell or whatever you want to call it, or her example on the podcast was the outer part of a pasta container. And so those will say recyclable on them but they're not actually recyclable in the Calgary recycling. So it does kill my soul to know that if you're putting those in, sometimes the whole huge bin ends up going into the garbage. And then same with composting. I know we'll get into composting a little bit later, but in Calgary, compostable plates and utensils and that kind of thing cannot be composted, but in Seattle, they can. So in Seattle, we were using compostable disposable plates sometimes if we were having guests or whatnot so my husband would throw them in the compost and then we came back to Calgary and he was throwing them in the compost and I said no that can't go in the (laughs) compost so yeah people checking into what are the rules and regulations I know in Calgary there's an app so that's a really easy way for people to engage and not have to look too hard yeah yeah you're totally right it just depends on where you are and what systems they have in place generally it's plastics numbered one to seven so if you still see a recycling symbol or the little triangle recycling but there's no one to seven in the middle of it then it's a no-go like usually no matter where you are and most systems they only want stuff that's bigger than a deck of cards. That's pretty same across the board because anything smaller than that deck of cards is falling through the system and falling out and getting lost or discarded anyways. Okay. Wow. Any great composting tips? Yeah. Composting seems to be, I shouldn't say a tough one, but lots of times if you don't have it in your city, then it's, you know, people maybe see it as a harder thing to do, but I think you just got to try it out. You know, there's, if your city has a compost program, then that's super awesome, super easy way to do it. 
but there's lots of ways that you can build them in your backyard or have them in apartments. I've tried the vermicompost with the worms myself. I know people have success. I did not, but, <laughs> but there's lots of, there's lots of good ways to do it. But I think no matter how you compost, if you can mix the browns and the greens, that really goes a long way. So if you're not just throwing like tons of food scraps. So that would be like your greens per se, um, your nitrogens. Instead, you then on top of it, you put some dry leaves or some like clippings from your yard, some browns, some carbons and keep that kind of mixture that really helps the compost go a long way. Okay. So that breaks it down more. So then if your area doesn't offer actual composting, like you're suggesting kind of going into your backyard and, and putting that bin together or like, how would that work in an apartment as well? Do you mind? Yeah. Yeah. So you can, if you have a yard, great. You can build a comp, have a compost in your yard. If you're in an apartment or you just can't, don't, yeah, don't have a yard, then there's Bokashi. It's a type of system that's a pail. And there's vermicompost, which I was talking about I've done before. It's basically a bin with little worms that will eat your food scraps. And it does, it does work great. I just happened to accidentally go on vacation and kind of forget about my worms one time. But um, so they got to kind of be your little pets. But also... In cities or in towns, there's lots of places that might just have a compost bin. Like I know in Saskatoon, I always see community gardens will be asking for people's compost because they need it because they're making big gardens or the food banks. And then as well, I think a, a really good um, app is called Share Waste. And you can go on that and you can either sign up as someone who's looking for compost or someone who's searching for compost. And you can look up people's compost in the area. So say I didn't have a means to compost and didn't want to in my apartment or whatever, I could look up someone in my area that's accepting compost and I could drop it off with them. So that's a good way to go about it as well. That's amazing. You have the best resources, <laughs> but I'm so grateful that we live in a place that accepts the compost because we only have our garbage picked up every two weeks and it's never even full because it's amazing how much can be composted. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it a lot easier for sure. And really cuts down on your garbage. Mm -hmm. we're, we're the same way. What are some of your favorite sustainable and eco-friendly swaps? Mm, that could be, there's so many. I, I think as easy as it sounds, and really easy one is to just bring a coffee mug and bring a water bottle. Like it sounds so simple, but, but the amount of like, I'm kind of a person that if I don't have a mug, I won't get a coffee or I, uh, well, as much as I can, I'm definitely not perfect. Or I bring coffee from home, but so that you don't have to buy those Tim Hortons or you don't have to buy like a water bottle, that sort of thing. But that's an easy one. And then at home, there's just, there's just so many. i I think you can make a swap for almost anything in your house or, or close to it. Like for me, I've really fallen in love with bar, bar shampoos and conditioners. I find that they, they last a really long time. Once, if you find one that works for you, they last a long time. And then you cut down on, on the plastic bottles, as well as like the carbon footprint of shipping all that water, basically, that's in your shampoos and conditioners. Same in the bathroom, a safety razor. They are amazing. They'll, they're made of like aluminum or metal and they'll last your entire life. 
and then you just can recycle the razor blades in your metal recycling. Cause I feel I, in my lifetime, I can't imagine how many razor blades I went through for, you know, your plastic razor. So I think that's a really easy swap. Definitely. So many good ones. I have a very personal question that's going to hopefully benefit me. Do you have a favorite swap for saran wrap? I had gone so long without using it and used the beeswax. But now that I'm super into making sourdough, I find the beeswax kind of sinks into the dough a little bit, which is not what you want. So I was curious if you had any fun swaps for that. Uh, Yeah, I do use beeswax wraps. I like them. I don't have saran wrap. I think just containers in general. If you can find, you know, a Tupperware like container that would fit, that would, you know, close on it, or there's silicone bowl covers that just cover the top of a bowl super tightly. There's a few things like that that I think could work if you found the right kind of container for your sourdough. Okay. Yeah. You gave me a good idea as soon as you said that. I was like, I'll switch to my stainless steel bowls. (laughs) You solved my issue. Thank you. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Okay, so what's something people do in the house that they may not realize is a detriment to the environment? So this could be like power or water usage. Do you have any answers for that? Yeah, I I mean, there could be lots of things there too. I think from the kitchen, in your food waste, how much food you actually throw out in your yard, say I kind of go batty when it's, we've got all this rain lately. And then I see everybody's sprinklers are still on because not only are you overwatering your plants, probably getting way too much water, you're just watering when you don't need to. And you could go to power, turning off your lights, ghost power. I'm very into unplugging everything. I think it's very little, but I still if my husband used the toaster and it's still plugged in, I like to, <laughs> I like to unplug it. That's a very good one. <laughs> yeah. Kind of my little tack. I think a big one that people don't know about that's in your home or office is the carbon footprint of emails. Whenever I tell someone about that, they're like, what? Like, how, how is that possible? Because obviously an email has a smaller carbon footprint, let's say, than than snail mail, because your actual letter has to be like driven across the country or wherever you're going. But they say that the world's carbon footprint from emails yearly is the same as having an extra 7 million cars on the road. So it's actually, it's actually insane. They say that one person sending 65 emails is the same as driving a kilometer in your car. <laughs> so smokes. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. But if you think about it, these emails are taking the energy to display them when you get them the energy to type, and then it takes a lot of power to send it to wherever it has to go. And then if these emails aren't deleted, they're just sitting on these huge data servers that take tons of power to run. So my big thing this year is trying to delete emails. I think I have about four accounts because I have like the old one you had from high school and a work one and your personal one. But deleting emails is honestly a huge thing you can do for the environment and a very easy one. Deleting them, not sending them when you don't need to, you know, not sending the the one word replies, thanks back to someone that you actually 
don't really need, you know, unsubscribing to junk mail, the amount of emails I get from something you bought way back in the day, but you still get an email every week, that sort of thing. So that's a, that's a big one that I think people don't realize and an easy change that you can make. I'm sure you just blew a lot of people's minds. <laughs> Would it be the same with text messages? Yeah, I think text messages are the same thing. I haven't looked into it, but I'm sure that's right up there too. Okay. There's one of your next post ideas. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> What's something people could consider when they are out adventuring to be kinder to the earth and or less wasteful? I think, I think for me, it's another simple one, but just picking up garbage. And you know, a, a, lot, a lot of people say, oh yeah, I do. But do you really like, I, when I go out, I don't walk by garbage and it's just something I've, you know, made a pact with myself that, you know, even if it's, I don't know, like last week, for example, me and Ruby, my daughter went on a walk and she picked up the stinkiest styrofoam packaging from fish and I, and it just reeked, but she was like, no mom, we're, we're picking. I'm like, Oh, that, that one. But she's like, no, it hurts the earth. Mom, we're picking it up. And she's like, it's bad for the earth. It hurts the earth. So I think I think just picking up garbage whenever you can, you know, even if you're on a backcountry hike and you have to hike it out. I think it's, I think it's super important and it's super important to instill on the younger generation too, that, you know, not only do we not litter, but if we're just sitting on a bench at the park and there's, you know, an old pop can and a, you know, whatever piece of paper, like why not pick it up and take it home? Okay. So seeing as many adventures require motor vehicles, do you mind talking a little bit about the carbon offsets? Yeah. I'm a big fan of carbon offsets. They do get a lot of flack because, you know, you have to go with specific ones, ones that are vetted and, you know, it might, it's not, might not be the answer to solve all the world's problems, but I think it's something that definitely helps. So a carbon offset is basically when you use a set amount of carbon, you can then pay a price on it for someone to take that amount of carbon out of the atmosphere based on a project. So so for example, me and my family just went to the mountains a couple of weeks ago for a family vacation. And I used a, an offset program called Carbon Zero is one I like. It's vetted by WestJet. And there's also one called Less Emissions that's good that Air Canada uses. So those two are those two are really good. There's lots of other ones, but you just have to make sure that you're actually paying someone that's going to do something. But so carbon zero, you can put in flights or you can put in miles traveled for so say for this vacation, I put in the make and model of our minivan, you know, the kilometers we drove that it was mostly highway driving. And they give you they spit out you a tons, this is your carbon emissions that you did on this trip. And then you can pick a project. So I could pick all over Canada, different projects that are helping, helping the environment. So whether they're planting trees or they're trying to catch carbon or just make something greener, and then they will take that money into their project and take that amount of carbon out of the atmosphere. So it's pretty cool. And it's also, it's a really good way since climate change is a problem all over the world. It doesn't matter where you pick to reduce those emissions. So you could pick a project in Indonesia if you wanted to. So amazing. I'm so glad you shared those. So carbon zero, I'm gonna, so you have an app for carbon zero, right? Um, I've just used it online, but they're probably... There probably is an app. Yeah. I think it's super easy. Like, like um, we drove, 
we drove to the mountains and back and all over. I don't know what the total kilometers were. It was probably like 3000 or something, but it costed $9. So really to do that is not a lot. And even on flights, I do it every time I fly. And I, I really wish something I'd like to personally push for is that WestJet or Air Canada or any airline has it right when you book because right now you have to go search it out. So a lot of people don't know about it and say like a flight from Saskatoon to Halifax last year, like round trip. So that's across Canada. The total on it was like $20 or something. So it's not a huge, you know, $300 add to your flight price. And when we're already paying so much, you're like, okay, my flight to Edmonton was $800. Okay, what's another 20 for the earth to neutralize my carbon emissions? I'm sure if that was easily accessible like that, so many people would click yes, add it on. So yeah, I I hope they do that. Yeah, I hope so too. I think it would make a big difference. I know you're already doing so much, but what's the next place in your own life you want to make a swap or improve on? So for me, I already talked about my email goal, but it it takes a long time to go through emails and delete them. But um, For me, it's shopping more secondhand with everything, whether it's like items I need for the kids or clothing. There's just so many, so many options out there now to not have to buy new. And if and if I do buy new, like just try, like I said, think about it more and make sure the company has the same values that I do. I actually am just very curious about your thoughts on secondhand environmental impact versus buying something new. So Adri for her wedding, for all of us bridesmaids, her rule was that we had to pick out a purple dress, but it had to be secondhand, which no Adri. (laughs) That's insane. That is so awesome. Yeah. Like so amazing. amazing for the earth but then also just it was like a fun challenge and then Adri didn't want to see our dress until the day of so it was a surprise for her she is so trusting (laughs) oh my goodness but what I was thinking about when I was trying to find a very specific thing so a purple dress a purple bridesmaids dress I had to go to a lot of secondhand stores to find it (laughs) so then I was driving around a lot and using more gas so I wonder what your thoughts of the environmental impact on shopping secondhand then is does it still outweigh the benefit like you know (laughs) talk about that (laughs) yeah I still that's a, such a good question. And I think it still does outweigh buying new because just when you buy new, you know, that all those new materials, all those like new plastics put into it, the, the carbon footprint, just to make it who makes your clothes, that's such a big thing. And then having it to get shipped across to wherever, you know, there's just there's just huge carbon footprints with anything new. So I think anytime you buy secondhand, you know, maybe the little bit of gas it takes to run around the city. Yeah, that is a bit extra, but I think it's fine. I do think with shopping secondhand though, as well, you're, you're touring around looking for stuff. You have to put more time into it, but also you, you can maybe over consume that way as well, because you might think, okay, I'm doing this really great thing, you know, oh, here's this, this, and this. And you might spend, you might spend a lot that way and over consume and buy things you don't really need so I think it's just it all comes down to being mindful and same with donating like donating stuff 
lots of times we think, okay, well, you know, I bought all these new clothes, I'm going to donate all these clothes, but lots of times they don't actually get into the charities. They're not actually going to third world countries and, you know, helping someone have clothes, you know, they're, they might just get incinerated or sit in a pile or a landfill as well. So, so it's just always to be mindful of what you're doing. Yeah. And speaking of that mindfulness with clothing, I know a lot of people love if they order something, they order in a couple sizes, they try it on at home and then they send it back. But a lot of those companies end up putting those in the landfill because it's less expensive for them to do that instead of clean it and repackage it or whatever they have to do for it to get it back on the shelf or back for sale. So that's something for people to consider that it's not actually, it might be easy for them, but it's not as easy on the environment when they're making those choices. Yeah, that is, that is such a good point to bring up. You should never return anything unless you really know that it is going to go back on a shelf or to a different store. Most, um, there's been studies done on Amazon. There's been lots of like, lots of the fast fashion. It just goes straight to the landfill and gets incinerated and then you also have not only all the you know carbon footprint of making it shipping it to you you know maybe maybe not ethically made and then you also are then shipping it back and then it's just getting into a landfill usually so so if you can avoid over shopping and returning things that's a that's a great takeaway too absolutely and a big one I really want to get into as well within the next year is palm oil so palm oil is huge it's it's causing tons of deforestation across the world it's um it's in the majority of stuff we use and over 50 percent of packaged products have this palm oil and due to this deforestation it's putting tons of species at risk like orangutans and rhinos and tons of stuff so so it is quite a problem but they're just having a very hard time kind of figuring it out because it is in so many products from ice cream to chips to lipstick so from the research i've done going just completely cold turkey and saying no i don't do palm oil isn't isn't the best bet because then it'll just put it on some other oil Palm oil is actually a very efficient crop. So when they harvest the palms, they need way less land. So if everyone just said no to palm oil, they would have to go to a different kind of vegetable oil, which would take way more land and then cause way more problems in other areas. So the goal is to just, there's a responsible certified palm oil um, that's sustainable. And it's a new, new logo that's going on everything that does have palm oil. So I'm just going to really start looking for that. And if the bag of chips I'm wanting doesn't have responsible palm oil, then I'm going to try something else. Very interesting. I didn't know about that whole palm oil situation. So I'm going to be watching for that too. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. It's very hard. Like it's also has a tons of different on ingredient lists. It can, it doesn't just say palm oil. It has all these like different types of oils that are palm oil. So it, it's hard to it's hard to find and hard to pick out products that do have it. So I'm going to try kind of focus on that on my page and say, Hey, instead of this ice cream, maybe pick this ice cream. And that's just an easy thing you can do for the earth as well. I will be following right along on your page. I'm very interested in that. <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to mention today? No, I, th I think this was great. This covered a lot. I was going to talk about those produce bags as an easy swap and you guys are already on it. and. 
and the compostable plastics and biodegradable plastics, you know, just if you are using those, just to make sure that you can use them where you are. Because I think a lot of people go for those products and it's, it's kind of a bit of greenwashing to even sell them in cities that you can't even use them in. So just to be aware and to make sure that you can use these eco type products, because lots of products will brand themselves as eco or good for the earth, but you know, they might actually not be so that there's always something to watch out for. And that's just kind of what I'm trying to do just to be that resource and help people out along the way. Yeah, I so appreciate again, what you share, because you're doing the vetting for all of us. And I learned so much more from you today. So I'll be watching for all those things, especially the palm oil. (laughs) So it bugs me when things have seven different names because then you can't you know it's not as easy to vet so or you have to really learn that all so where can people find you to follow along uh so my pages do more good it's at do.more.good on instagram so you can follow along there that'd be great i'm pretty excited i'm going to be launching a blog soon So I'm super excited to be able to kind of go into more detail, like, you know, about palm oil and go, what is it? You know, this is this more than just that quick Instagram caption. So I'd love it once it launches. If people followed along on there, that would be great as well. Yes. And then it's easy to search and find all of your things. That's what I love about the blog posts. So thank you for doing that. Okay, let's end with our final fire round. So Mm -hmm. whatever comes to mind first, would you choose sunrise or sunset? Oh, um, I've been doing a lot of sunrises with my bird work, but I would would say sunset. Wonderful. Flowers or trees? Trees. Hiking or surfing? Hiking, hands down. Green grass or autumn leaves? Autumn leaves. Drive or fly? Fly, because I can get to cooler places. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Beach or mountains? Mountains. New destination or repeat destination? New. I, there's, life's too short to almost go anywhere twice. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for this. I'm excited for this to come out and for all the rest that you'll be sharing. Thank you so much for having me. This was so great. Thanks for adventuring with us. Please subscribe and share your love by reviewing our podcast with five stars and follow us over at Kids Who Explore on Instagram and all other social media platforms. This podcast is produced by KP Media Productions.